Before you listen to this week's podcast, this is a shameless ad for our live end of season podcast taking place on Tuesday, 9th of May, The Good Ship in Kilburn. Tickets are going fast and guests include Trevor Sinclair, Mark Bircham, Kevin Gallen. Please do join us down at The Good Ship. Tickets are a tenner and you can get them at our website, qprpod.co.uk. Hello and welcome to Open All Ours. This is the QPR podcast. It is our final studio podcast of the season. We have one more next week, which is our live show. More of that later. Uh, but this is the last one of the season, really, uh, ahead of the Norwich game. And there is a full house tonight. We have quite a few of us here. So I'm David Fraser. Um, to my right is Paul Frick. Hello. Se- second time on the podcast, Paul? Uh, that's correct, second time. Uh, we also have Paul Finney. Hello. We also have returning from his usual Monday night gig of playing football with other men, but... That sounded more dodgy. Because I wanted is. to try and make it sound as dodgy <laughs> as possible. Uh, because we're recording on a Tuesday tonight because of the bank holiday, joining us is Loft for Words Clive Whittingham. Yeah. Out of, in, out of interest, who else would he be playing football with? They, they don't have mixed five or side teams I'm aware of. Oh, you can play. Uh, they do on a Wednesday night. On a kickabout. Really, do they? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should try that. Yeah, it's the QPR way, isn't it? If it all goes to shit, bring back a name from the past. <laughs> <laughs> and And finally, lastly but not leastly, you can tell me if that makes any sense. We have from BT Sport, Chris Charles. Hello. Hello. Uh, we also have um, Paul Brown from all the way from Australia. QPR Sludger, if I got yeah, that right. Yeah. Who, who's watching us tonight. Who, who, it's a bit weird, isn't he, it? He yeah. ominously, when he came in, said, don't worry about me, I like to watch. <laughs> Which, you know, why not? Why not? So welcome, Paul. Never hampered Steve Slid. <laughs> I, I, I can't compute that one, but... He didn't do a lot, he just did the Oh, I see. Okay. Um, so, all the, the only usual things I need to say is, um, if you haven't heard our podcast before, you can uh, listen to old episodes on qprpod.co.uk, um, and you can follow us on Twitter, at qprpod, uh, like us on Facebook, and please do get involved and comment. Uh, I'm sure it will be uh, being mentioned a few times throughout the podcast, but next week, we're recording this Tuesday night. Next Tuesday night is our big season finale. Tuesday the 9th of May, we have our live podcast. It's down at the Good Ship in Kilburn. We've got a stellar lineup. Uh, we have Trevor Sinclair. We have Mark Bircham. We have Kevin Gallen. And we have Paul Finney performing for us. <laughs> uh, it's a really good event. If you haven't been to a live podcast before, um, it's obviously recorded in front of an audience, as it says. But it's very interactive. Have a good laugh. Um, lots of remini- lots of reminiscing. Lots of stories, um, and a great night out. So please do join us. Tickets are available on our website, qprpod.co.uk. The only final thing before we actually start to conduct the post mortem of the season that was is thank you, Nick Williams, for the beers. Okay. Talking of post-mortems, anybody conducted one? I suppose we should start with the victory, or the hollow victory, as your headline said on Loft for Words, Clive, against Nottingham Forest on Saturday. Yeah, only because um, Forest were so awful, um, and it's really lucky that they were. They really were bad, weren't um, they? Yeah, I thought that they would be, uh, they would be fine, and they probably still will because they're playing Ipswich on the last day. But they were so bad that we were able to get away scot free with a really poor first half performance. I thought, um, stepped it up at the start of the second half, played nicely, and you know there were there was some stuff to like about it, particularly Manning. I thought he was excellent, and Anua had a great game. Considering he got booked after three minutes, um, you know, to walk that tightrope against someone who's meant to be a good striker or some longer, although he looked disinterested on Saturday. Mm. Um, but yeah, it just felt a bit crawling, sort of flopping, lolling over the line like that after six straight defeats against a team as poor as Forrest didn't, you know, didn't fill me with, with anything really. I was just, I was just glad to get out of there, which is an odd feeling for after a two nil win in an important game. I thought. Mm. Paul, num- we're going to get the opinions of several pools this evening, but we'll start with Paul Finney. <laughs> How could that go wrong? 
Um, I mean, it is what it is, as to be Floyd, we I say. I never understand what that means when people say that. Um, what does that mean, it is what it is? That is just something that people say to finish a sentence off, isn't I know, it? I but I was just going to link it up to something. That's okay. It doesn't matter. Go on. A Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank we'd said... We'd say that, but you've ruined it, so I've forgotten that. Okay. But <laughs> Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank was at the Joshua Man, fight. Did you see that? Was just, he really? Yeah. All right. Just as an FYI. Just carry on. Did they pay him to go? <laughs> I wonder if he was being paid to do the team talk like this sort of build them. anyway it doesn't matter um, well the win Saturday was interesting because if Forrest had had a decent striker and we didn't have Smithies in goal we would have been probably looking at Norwich 9 absolutely crapping ourselves mm. because we all knew in our deepest soul that Blackburn and Birmingham were both going to win because that's the way these things happen and I'd rather be in our position obviously than I was safe than Forrest but I kind of didn't get the taking the piss out of the Forest fans afterwards because when you've just narrowly avoided relegation after the season we have had to be singing to someone else by going down is a bit weird and a bit strange. As is people going on the pitch about their kids who are about 45 years of age. Um, my age. I'm, t- I'm going to tee off on that later. <laughs> are you really? Yeah. Well, people going that? on the pitch. We'll talk about people going on the pitch. Let's talk about the performance first. But the, the one thing I, I, I would like to say, I was really impressed by bringing Manning back. You could argue the toss that he should be playing against Brentford alone. Mm. It was interesting that Goss is now. We're talking about building players up and backing them. I'm guessing his confidence has shattered to pieces now not being even in the squad on Saturday. Who's? Matt Goss. Oh, Goss, sorry. Um, after coming in in Brentford and then being totally dropped out of the squad is just ridiculous. Um, when everyone and the Jack Russell or Cat knew that um, Manning was a better player to play against Brentford. But that said, that's been and done and it's gone. But I tell you, I knew it was immense on Saturday. He should get booked more often after three minutes because he <laughs> properly played it. Perch for his life, I'd me if I'm being honest. Um, he did his best to help set them up as much as he could and get himself set off. He must have himself there in a Joey Barton type bookie way of, of like betting because I've never known a player who wants to get sent off so badly. Or he just doesn't like playing. Joey Barton's integrity is not in question. So says the man himself. All right, is there yes. a bet for that? Um, but anyway, but you can't more. I mean, Washington took the goal really well. Um, Luonga was immense. I thought the way he played, I thought Manning was superb. I, I think Pavel, the way he tracked back in the Saturday was absolutely outstanding. And it's what we needed badly. Um, the two centre-halves were outrageous. But Smithies, if we keep him for next season, I will be amazed. The, he, Bournemouth... Palace, all them sort of clubs have got to be looking at him, and even um, Newcastle going up and stuff, because he's by far the best goalkeeper in this league by a country mile, and without him on Saturday, as I say, we would be in deep doo-doo. Chris? Well, I think I, I concur with most of what's been said there, but I think the main thing was getting the win. Um, but it's, it, it was quite strange, because I know you talk about the pitch, but I didn't really feel like jumping up and down on the pitch, and so I didn't really think there was that much to celebrate, to be honest. Um, but I think what they did do was, after all this tinkering, after these 37 changes to the starting lineup in eight games, Holloway sort of went back to basics. Is that bit. how many there were? Yeah, that was that was uh, uh, yeah prior to that game. Um, but Holloway went back to basics a bit, put Sholek on the wing. I mean, Sholek's like the Okie Koki selection. It's in, out, in, out, shake it all about. Mm. But finally, he's... He, he, <laughs> See what he done there. Yeah, but he, he finally um, stuck with him and it paid dividends. I think he had a good game. Mm-hmm. Um and Lynch said we stuck to the game plan I mean they must have, how many game plans they've had to try and stick to I don't know but at least this one was something they're all familiar with we need five or six in this league apparently yeah um, did, how far off our best starting 11 was that starting 11 on Saturday Paul number two <clears throat> it, it seemed to kind of get back to more of where we were um, when we were on the winning run uh, very consistent uh, Manning was in of course Pavel was in, um, and Ned again. Come back to him. Like, where was this guy? Haven't seen, haven't seen him play like that in a long time. And um, I love. He's just. He's been frustrating for me because you know he's got it in him, but um, but just not there very often. So mm. I would like to see that more often. Maybe it is the booking. I don't know. I would say but, on a, a newer play with Perch to your right and Lynch to your left and Bidwell to the left of him and see how good you are. Because, I mean, you already had to look at that at Brentford last week. And the point about Perch, you know, Perch has been doing stuff that you just tell eight-year-olds not to do for weeks about jumping into tackles, diving in, turning his back. He's an absolute nightmare. And people give a newer stick. 
I think Lynch has had a poor season, Bidwell's had a poor season, Perch has had a poor season. And, you know, the other centre-back's not going to look good in that situation, is he? When your goalkeeper wins player of the year, but, yeah. you, you've got to look at your defence. I mean, he hadn't even been centre-back half the time. They've moved him around from centre to, to left to right. Like he's he's kind of had to play back. Is that Lynch? No, so, uh, Ned. Uh, Ned, well, yeah, but he's... I think they've all played in different roles. So, I'm surprised we haven't played oh, him yeah, up front. But I'm saying put him like where he is is, is where he needs to be. That, that's his strongest place, and, and I think he, he showed that on I Saturday think his confidence... Again. He's definitely a confident player. Yeah. I think, and I think, but as Clive rightly says, if I was playing with Perch and Bidwell, I'd dig a hole and stay there for 90 minutes and then just go home. Yeah, because yeah, you're going to get run it's out. It's a shame about Bidwell because I think he's got some good points. He, he's good going forward, but he's just he's not he's not fast enough coming back. He he, he puts himself way up there, gets up, gets a bad cross in, and then mm. you're exposed. I wouldn't be too upset if he was replaced. No, I mean I I I, I would much like to see Furlong. Starting as well. Love to see for a um, that's the, the that's certainly the one change I would have made at the weekend. And you're right. And Perch is just on a one-man mission to get a red card every game. It seems it's, it's incredible. I, I don't know. Is it deliberate? I don't know. I'm trying to work out because some of the challenges he made. He made a challenge after five minutes at Brentford last week. That later in the game would have definitely been a red card. And you think, why is he? Why is he doing that? And you keep coming back to this idea that he's deliberately trying to get games off. Because if he got sent off last week at Brentford, he would have had the last two games of the season off. Coincidentally, his missus has just had another baby, you know, and start, things like that start coming. You know, you start wondering because the challenges he makes are so stupid. They're so stupid. You just think, what is he? Other than actually going out to hurt the guy, what is he trying to do with that? But he tries to double whammy. He does the phone, and then he argues with the ref afterwards as well. And he goes into a complete meltdown with the ref. So if he's, he's got booked, I'm going to, he's he's obviously got. You know, term time booked. He wants to go on holiday, and maybe he wants to be in the beach. But the trouble is, I would put Furlong in there. But who would you bring in for Bidwell? I mean, there's got to be better left backs in this league, surely. Well, I don't, I think we'd like to pick Robinson, wouldn't we? But we can't get Robinson fit. I don't. I don't think Bidwell's as bad as people make out. I know he had the nightmare afternoon at Brentford last week, and again, I think playing with Lynch. The other thing about Lynch is Lynch spends more time berating Bidwell. And shouting horrendous stuff at him as well, like really oh, going really? at him. Yeah, really? he spends. Hours in a game, and there were two instances, including the penalty last week, where Lynch was more bothered about what Bidwell was doing than what Lynch was doing. The reason he was back on his heels and waiting for that penalty, where he committed a horrendous challenge, was because he expected Bidwell to come across. And he's so busy digging at Bidwell and shouting at Bidwell and shouting right? at the bench about Bidwell, he's not concentrating on his own game. And some of the stuff he's saying about Bidwell as well is. You know, you just want so I, I sort of feel a bit sorry for Bidwell. He hasn't he hasn't played particularly well. He doesn't look particularly good, and he's not quick enough as Yotta showed last week. But again, like Anua, I wouldn't want to play left back with Lynch playing centre. But I think Lynch has been awful all season. He keeps doing that thing where he goes the wrong side of his man and gets rolled. He's been doing that all season. I mean, you know, Kadija could have had three at Loftus Road for him doing that. Um, and Furlong's better than Perch. I don't know why we don't mm. pick Furlong instead of Perch. He's just a better player. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing about giving youth team as a chance or whatever. Furlong's just better player. So do you think with some decent coaching, Bidwell could become a better option? I think the first thing we should be doing this summer is offering somebody Lynch and some cash for a proper centre-back, and then let's have a look at Bidwell. Well, you've got Hall, haven't you? But it depends yeah, but you. you'd want Hall in that midfield role, I think, where he's looked really good. We've still got Stephen Corker, remember? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, he drinks more than I do. Though, yeah, right? yeah. Um, well, I, I haven't heard any update from him. I mean, but I presume he's going to get bombed out in the get summer. Again. He's got his head. Right. Well, you've got to find a taker. Yeah, still under contract. Is he? How long's he got? Another year. So you've got to find someone. Stupid. You've got to find somebody stupid enough to take him. There's somebody commented he's he's taking the sweepy role. Just <laughs> MIA collecting a paycheck. Mm. The trouble is, if you get if you get the legs of him up and perch off the wage bill, you could get a really decent centre half and championship wages, mm. which wouldn't be the worst thing to happen. We saw it? what a decent centre half looked like at Bristol City the other week. Flint, with us knocking on mm. balls and Smith, Flint just stood there and headed everything back at us all afternoon. It was absolutely fantastic. And meanwhile, Clint Hill is in the runner for Rangers yeah, Player of the Year. He was yeah. in the shortlist of three. He didn't get it in the end. He was pipped, pipped to the post by a 36 year old. I was going to say I don't know how indicative that is of how Clint Hill is playing no I, I, but I, I'm making the point at least with Clint Hill you, you know what you were going to get I mean it's just basic 
good basic defending. I think was it, I remember from a podcast at the end of last year or the start of this season um, when we said um, that it's fine. It, in theory, it's fine getting rid of Clint Hill. You can say mm. advancing year is quite expensive and whatever. But even at the end of last season, he was still the only centre-back we had that won headers in the penalty area. Mm. He was still the only commanding centre-back we had. So it's fine getting rid of him, but you've got to replace him. And presumably we hope Lynch would do that job, and he just hasn't done it. There's about to be someone out there with a... Now we bring in Penrice, said, and we've got decent scouting allegedly being put in place. And this, this is why I'm pleased with likes of Manning, because a lot of people have said, oh, we're over-hyping Manning and we're... We're saying that he's better than what he is. It's not a case that I think. I think it's a case of we're doing what we did for years. We're bringing somebody in, improving him, and and he will hopefully go on to bigger and better things or good things with us while he's here. And then he can do do that with our blessing. And I think that's what QPR should be doing. We should be improving these players. I don't really understand why people are saying, "Oh, Manning's over happy. He's not all that good." Got to give these kids a chance. Yeah. Well, people, you go on the web. I mean, I know I'm a terrible person because I'm sitting in bloody hospitals half the time reading Twitter and just thinking, oh, God, why are people saying that? Because Manning, to me, has been an absolute star this season because he's everything that QPR should be doing. Mm-hmm. Even though his story is he was 15 minutes away from going out the door and never coming back, that doesn't matter. He's turned it around and he's a good, he's a good level for what we should be doing. Um, every player, Furlong's another brilliant example of a kid that's knuckled down, that's, that's doing it the right thing. Centre half worries me, right back worries me, but then we got the left back. If you get Bedwell's head right, and do you know what, with with Pavel down that wing, that's not a bad show. I mean, he is—he might not be the fastest, but his head so much—he knows where he's putting the balls. He knows. And the only thing is, we've got to stop using Matt Smith as the the token guy to keep knocking it up there. We had much better ideas on Saturday by knocking it through to Washington to run onto, and then Matt Smith can take the defenders away from him and hang on at the far post. It's not stuff. actually Smith's strength. Smith's back-to-goal game no. isn't actually no. that good, so this long ball to Smith is not going to work. We've been doing it for six or seven weeks now. Oh, it's, it's the crosses in. That, it's, yeah. That, that's what it was. It was he, he's not the polter. You know, polter, long balls to polter. Mm. Well, do you know, I, the last time we fielded an unchanged team... Was um, random uh, during the war? What'd you say? No, I'm just I'm just going to make the comment because um, Smith was actually in that team, and I'm not so sure whether Smith should be first choice if we get another striker, which is a bit controversial. I know. I just think it's too easy for first to just to bypass the midfield and lob it up to the big man um, and I'm not having a go at Smith at all because I think he's, he's, he's a great player but I, there was the game against Leeds actually we did play, he was playing and we did play it on the deck but I was coming to the point yeah he was in the, the last time he named an unchanged team we won 4-1 at Birmingham then beat Wigan 2-1 with Smithies Anua Hall Lynch Furlon Manning Freeman Bidwell Sholek Washington and Smith that's our best team from what we've got that's no mm. Luongo in there that's the only glaring admission for me yeah maybe um the, the, the weird thing the two highlights of the season was Hasselbank's first game against Leeds when we, yeah. which we were outstanding yeah. and Holloway away to Birmingham where we absolutely trounced them yeah. um, and it's it, maybe we should get them to work together I don't know I mean because you know <laughs> actually I'm joking but the thing is I, I, I don't understand how we can be so good like that though, and you can play the players and then we, we then bring them out and bring them in I mean as I said about Goss is a prime example he's come in and he's been taken out and, th- and threw in the backyard again. What did we get out of that? What did we get out of starting Goss, who hadn't started for weeks, for 45 minutes at Brentford and hauling him off, just as we did with Petrasso against Sheffield Wednesday, mm. other than demoralising two players, throwing them in there? What was his thinking? Why That's did he what I mean. think? What, are we think- let's, what let's, is he thinking with that? I think he's overthinking. He has, had been overthinking all those games. Those six games that we lost in a row, the tinkering... He, he was. It's almost like he's watched too much football in his time with Sky, and now he doubts himself and his natural instincts. And he thinks, well, Clive, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of come on to your your piece that you wrote in a minute because it brought up lots of interesting things. But one of the things that you brought up was I can't remember what I was going to say. Um, one of the things you brought up was that Holloway was kind of almost over. You know, he's always trying to sort of overthink it and why are we playing these sort of random systems and why are we doing those things has anyone got any idea why Goss was played in that position for 45 minutes against Brentford I don't know about Goss but I mean Holloway said um, despite his 37 changes in 8 games that he's not a tinker man um, if that's not tinkering um, I want to know what it is I mean I made the point a couple of weeks ago it's okay tinkering when you're changing one or two places but when you've got wholesale changes 5, 7 at a time but that- so, um, but, um, but 
Yeah, I mean, as for Goss, yeah, I mean, it's just completely mystifying. As Paul said, he's just sort of been hung out to dry, really, there. So, Clive, you, you wrote a piece yesterday which which was shared pretty widely and, and many thought to be pretty on the mark, as did I. One of the things you talked about um, was... Oh, I've lost my train of thought again. Uh, one of the things that you, that you talked about was this constant sort of chopping and changing from Holloway and this overthinking of tactics and how we need and how he claims we need to play five or six different systems. We but this is don't. the championship. We absolutely don't. We're in the championship. It's crap. <laughs> it is awful. We've sat through another season of it. It is awful. How many teams came to Loftus Road this year that you actually thought... Well, that was a bit different. Huddersfield and mm. Barnsley, I think. And I thought Brighton were good. But playing four four two, just good players yeah. in a really yeah. basic system. Yeah. All right? You're not going to get anything. This idea that we have to play with six different systems in the championship, I just don't understand. And it worries me. It, worry, it worries me that he talks about his time at Blackpool and saying that he thought his Blackpool team became too predictable and teams knew how to play against them, and that's why they got relegated from the Premier League. Blackpool got relegated from the Premier League because they weren't good enough to play in the Premier League. They tried to stay in the Premier League with Ian Everett and Alex Baptiste as their centre-backs. You are never going to do that. It's not about being predictable. You know, It's not about, oh, if we'd had five different formations, it would have been fine. They just weren't good enough, and they made a really good fist of it. And Holloway should come away from that thinking... What an achievement. What an achievement to get them there. Brilliant, brilliant achievement. Got them there. Nearly kept them in. Came within about a point or something like that. But it wasn't to do with being predictable. It's just to do to the fact they weren't that good. Mm. And the so chairman you, wouldn't spend any money. Yeah, and the chairman wouldn't spend any money. So you don't just... Let's get good at playing one way and then maybe come up with a plan B before we start thinking about four or five different different ways of playing. Um my frustration, the reason I wrote that article, my frustration was hearing Holloway come out afterwards and say, it'll all be different next season. We're going to have a ruthless pre-season. My pre-seasons are ruthless. Well, tell me where you heard that before. Exactly here, this time last year, from Hasselbank. You know, it's going to be the, hardi- it's going to be the hardest pre-season anybody's ever had. We're going to get, you know, they're going to be the fittest team. We're going to do a high press. We'll get rid of Fallen and Hill because they're not fit enough and they can't do a high press. And then, lo and behold, the season rocks round. Carl Henry's still in there. There's no high press. They're not any fitter than they were before. And my fear is that next season, we're going to do it all again in that we're going to start with the manager. We're going to spend the budget over the summer. We're going to have the whole plan for the season with this manager. He's already burnt off a lot of support with his six-game losing streak. Which one? Either. Yeah. <laughs> Either. Yeah. So he's burnt off a lot of support already. We start next season. We spend the whole budget with him. We do the whole plan with him. We get to October and we sack the manager again. And that basically ruins the whole season then. Because you spend November appointing the manager. The new manager says in December, well, I've got to get them fit because that's what managers say. And I'll get my own players in in January. You spend January getting his own players in. You spend February bedding his players in. We get some good results in March. We quite like March. It all goes to shit in April. And we say, you know, and then we start saying, "Oh, it'll all be different next season. We're going to have a ruthless preseason." But how do you break that cycle? What tell you do me it what now. he says? Well, anything other than we're going to have a ruthless preseason? What's now. the alternative? If there's any, if there are any doubts, if the board has any doubt, do it now. Change now. Manager. Now. Yeah. If they've got any doubts, and if they don't, then do not do this thing again where we're sacking him in September and October. Do you have doubts? I have a few, but. If you, let's so you're saying to the board, if you have no, doubt, do it now. Do it now. So if you're the board, what do you do? Depends who's available. <laughs> but what I'm saying is... If Gary let, Monk's available. If Gary Monk's available, then you, I think you would do it. Is he? Yeah. Well, again, Potentially. Leads talk. Potentially yeah. Fast forward to October. I'll shut up and let someone else have a go. But fast forward to October. What would you sack Holloway for in October? A long run of defeats? He's already done that. The football's not very good to watch. We're going too long to Smith? Already done that. Inconsistent team selection. Doesn't know his best team. Fans love to say that. Doesn't know his best team. Already done that. So if, if we're sacking him for that in October, we'll be looking back to April and we'll be saying, oh, we should have done that. Should have done it then because it's the same thing. I agree, but that is the worst case scenario. I mean, we might get to October. We might be, you know, two points off the playoffs. I mean, we might be. I hope, I hope we are. Yeah. But I think- what I'm saying is that I can just... That comment of Holloway's at the weekend about the ruthless preseason, I just thought, here we go again. Yeah, we normally say managers after we lose to Brentford. To be fair, he, he did. He didn't. He's already done that. Yeah. 
Um, well, he's not, he's not going to get sacked because Penrise has just been appointed, hasn't he, as the scout? Oh, no, don't be silly, Chris. We can <laughs> well, hire well, how, how would that have a bearing on him being sacked or not being sacked? Well, because that's Holloway's choice. That's Holloway's man. I mean, that, they surely, if there's any doubts, they would have thought, hang on a minute, let's, let's, let's wait a while on this. Let's, let's wait till the end of the season. October. Till wait October. Till, wait till yeah, October. Yeah, yeah. Sack him now. But the thing is, I mean... oh. What I what I thought was strange was when we survived on on, on Saturday, um, everyone was straight on Twitter like going, "Well, few tweaks, promotion, here we come." Oh, I know, and you're yeah. thinking, "All right, we've just survived relegation by the skin of our arse," and straight away, <laughs> so sometimes you think, "Are we not realistic too?" I will settle for mid-table comfortability and maybe win a couple of cup matches and have a decent <laughs> comfortability. <laughs> We're writing that one down. Yeah, comfortability. 29 yeah. points on Scrabble. By, by the way, yeah. I've got to say this whilst in my head. Clive yeah. came up with the best thing on Twitter last week about Joey Barton's betting and if he better on QPR <laughs> to win a cup match and he clearly is bonkers. Yeah, I mean, that was knew, one of I the mean, best we, tweets ever. I mean, we knew he was an idiot, didn't we? But betting on QPR to win a cup match. Well, yeah. <laughs> Did you see the list of his bets? He only won two or was it one I've, I've about, looks like about mine 40 bets but Joey Barton is a thick idiot shocker <laughs> wow but he's one of them thick idiots that talks nicely or talks articulately sounds articulate so you don't actually realise sorry I'm not I'm, I'm not looking at anyone here in particular uh, staring straight at me so, so anyway after Saturday I thought no um, I think does it, anyone feel sorry for Barton no, just no. no. Right, be birds no. in the hellfire. Well, that's I'd have him on the podcast again, though. Yeah, it, it, it'd be, be entertaining. It, it's it's a weird one because he's kind of like per me, per me, per me. And it's like you knew the rules. It's, even his manager said that. Like the rules are there. You can't. You his defence is a nonsense anyway. His defence is get football has a gambling problem, and we need to do something about that. But the rules are not. The rules are gamble on what you like as long as it's not football the rules aren't don't gamble on anything so yeah, all he's got to do is it's not it's gamble on football but perhaps Joey felt that he wasn't really betting on football um, yeah. because he didn't define that as football because you know he thinks he's so good that he's at a different level I mean I, you talk about um, Lynch Burriton people I always remember Barton Burriton Adele constantly doing games and yet you're thinking my you word know, Adele was badly behaved wasn't he but what has Joey Barton ever done for QPR compared to Adele Terrat we got promoted with Adele mm-hmm. Terrat we got relegated twice with Joey Barton kicking around taking unbelievable money but it's, it's ridiculous he gets all that money and just he, he could have given it to me I could have brought a decent car because mine's shit yeah. you know I mean the thing is he's not this is the trouble with Joey he, it's not like he's gone out and helped society or anything like that he's, his, his own dull, downfall is always so self-planned but I said at the time when this came out I just wonder if he had a bet on himself getting sent off at Man City because that was the only thing that would explain his stupidity behaviour I maintain I always felt sorry for him for that sending off why? because uh, Tevez went for him just before, and I don't feel sorry for him, but I, I felt I was annoyed that there was no sanction against Tevez for that because Tevez tried to lump however many shades of whatever you want out of Barton just before that incident. Yeah, but then Barton went into his best Freddie Star goose stepping impersonation, going around the pitch and trying to headbutt. Him. Well, just... I mean, that was I, I actually do sort of believe him for, from when he said that he just wanted to try and take a few out on the way because he is he is that crazy. <laughs> I think that actually is, is quite plausible. But on, on its own, Tevez should have been sent off for that. I mean, I know we're talking about an incident that doesn't even matter anymore six years ago, but I, I, I'm just saying, or it whatever it was, five years but ago. But the thing is, no, we don't feel sorry for him. He's made enough money to QPR that he could, he could bet for the rest of his life and lose for the rest of his life and still be rich. I did like the meme, or whatever it's called now, that went around Twitter last week, which was straight after the ban, was a picture of Joey Barton with a thick black moustache oh, yeah, yeah, saying Jose Bartonola has signed an 18-month contract yeah. with Burnley. Yeah. That was quite funny. Uh, Paul Frick. What needs to happen in the pre-season for us to improve ahead of next year? Um, well, it's simple execution. Um, the biggest things we're just we keep missing the simplest. So things. now we execute our managers. Well, that that you could, you know. <laughs> uh, no, just uh, the simple things. Just uh, passing uh, second, third ball, uh, corners, spot kicks. Just, just a lot, lot that we consistently get wrong, and it's just the basics. You but talk about. I'm wincing as you say that that we're we're, we're in the second league yep. of fo- of football in in in, in England, like uh, with players earning fortunes. We shouldn't be talking about getting the basics right. But it is. It, it's it, it comes back to all the chopping and changing. I think it's just they're they're inconsistent because they're uncomfortable. Uh, there's lack of communication. Nobody knows really what 
what the people decide they're going to be doing. Um, there's, there's nothing about it's been settled. It just seems a, a, a big mess to me. Um, just getting a lot of uh, a lot of the basics right. I think it's mm. as well. I think Holloway panicked off because we were top of the form table. Don't forget. I mean, yeah. it's such a crazy season. We're, we're top of the league after two games or second on on goal, goal difference or whatever whatever it is. Mm. We, then we lose six nil to Newcastle. Then we Holloway wins his first game, loses his next six. Then we go on this massive unbeaten run, top Five, of the form one, table. One. Then we lose six again. I think both um, Hasselbank panicked after that 3-2 against Barnsley. Um, and, and it was never the same after that. I think Holloway panicked after the defeat ending our, sort of ending our winning run. And since then, yeah, he's, there's just been wholesale changes which totally weren't needed. So I think, uh, to take up on your point, first thing we need to get right next season is to have... A, a, to borrow from Theresa May a solid stable team <laughs> to stick out on the pitch you're going to say we need a complicated woman or whatever it is she said yeah. to that well, yeah I but, mean, you start with that and then you just sort it out so that when you do bring people in like, people have more well defined roles I, I can't remember one of you guys brought it up somebody when they were they were making changes in one of the games recently during our run like players were kind of at the sideline arms up yeah that was um Freeman and uh, Machiavelli, yeah, I remember. Didn't, didn't know what they were supposed to be doing. And we need a style of play. I can't remember the amount of times I've said this, but a, a philosophy, a style of play, and bring the players in to suit our style of play and bring the manager, should and, he need replacing, to suit that style of play. And keep with that style and of play. stick with that style of play. But then, that, but then that goes back to what I said earlier on about when Hasselbank beat, we, we, we slaughtered Leeds. Everything was perfect yeah, that day. Yeah, yeah. The corners, free kicks, everything was perfect. Yeah. And they went to Cardiff and we were crap. We won. Yeah, but we're crap. I mean, yeah. everything everything changed. I mean, you know, but you should be flying. You've had two wins straight away. One brilliant performance, one not so good. So your next game, you've got to come out the track. You know, it's one of them things. And Holloway did the same with um, Washington, scores his goals, goes off and has a good international break, and then comes back right you're on the bench. It just seems mad to me. Yeah, the Washington thing in particular really irritates. Just as we got him into form finally to start taking him out of the team. And the, the Hasselbank thing, he had this fixation that if you played on the Saturday, you couldn't play as well on the Tuesday. Mm. You know, this idea that professional athletes can't possibly manage two football games in four days. You know, never understood that. Just, I, I think you would be rewarded, like Brighton, you have your best 11 in a simple system that they're well drilled in playing in, and just play it. And if someone gets injured, or if it really goes to, to pot, then think about changes but I, I I agree with you, David, about Holloway just seems to overthink everything and mm. second guess himself, and he's paranoid about what's gone on before in his career, and just that was a, it's no surprise that we won on Saturday with basically our best team out there minus Hall. It's really interesting, you but say. against a really poor team, and and, and the oh, one yeah. saving grace is we beat we've beaten the poor team. We beat but Rotherham, I think I think we are a poor team, and the point I was going to make about the two six game losing runs is that a lot of the same teams were involved in those. So we lost to Brighton twice, we lost to Villa twice, we lost to Derby twice, we lost to Chef Wednesday twice. We're just not as good as them. The only one in that six-game losing streak that I thought we were a better team and we just played poorly was Bristol City. Mm. So I think this season, that is just how good we are. And you can thrash around and change the team and that's not going to make any difference. But we have to aspire to better than that next season. But Otherwise, it's going to be a relegation trouble again. Do you not remember where Holloway said at the fans' forum? I wasn't there, by the way, for all the people who keep saying that I always go to these things, but I don't. Anyway, the, um, he, he, people always do, even when I'm not there, say, oh, why is the same face still turned up? Well, I wasn't there. Anyway, he, he said it's really hard to keep to second guess what someone else is going to do. Do you remember that? You, you know, what you've got to think about the other guy's going to do, and you've got to, you've got to you know, and that's, that's the hardest part of the job. It's well, it's not, not really just believe in yourself. Believe in yourself is the easiest part of the job, and that's what you do. Believe in yourself, get your team right, and that should see you through, hopefully. Again, let them worry about themselves. Tell me a team that's come to us this season in anything other than a variation of 4-4-2 or 4-2-3-1. It's not difficult to second-guess championship. It's just not. Oh. It's a really basic division. There's a game every other day. Everybody's knackered. You know, all the players, there's too many fixtures and they, everybody thinks a draw away from home is a good result. You basically play the same team over and over and over again. You mm. don't need weird and wonderful ways around it. Pick your best team in the best system. Get them drilled in that. So who's got to go then, close season, mm. if we're going to bring players in? Um, I mean, I, I, possibles I've written down here are Jet, Petrasso, Hammerline and Morrison, I think, is already gone. I'm not yeah, quite Morrison's sure. Gone. Has he gone? Has he? Is that... Doughty, I believe so, yeah. Right. Doughty, Luar Luar, 
Henry, Yenny, Corker, mm. Perch, Grego Cox, Silla, possibly. Um, well, let, let, let's well, take them let's one by one. one with some, sort of those are, some of those are under contract, so you've got to find someone to take them. So you're never going to find someone to take Colker. Well, you know, you're not on that wage with his the last six months he's had, getting pissed up and throwing beer cans around Clapham Junction Station and whatever, arrested, been in court on his wage. No one's going to take Colker hmm. unless you know. Just what does it what does it take to be able to terminate a contract for? A I got paid off. I wonder that. You got what you mean? You mean undergrounds of? Sort of being in breach of contract. Yeah, Managers get yeah. sacked all the time, but players seem to be able to do what they as like. As far as I understand it, as long as the, the, he turns up the training and is available for selection and he's, ne- he's been doing neither of those. Yeah. yeah, no, but that's down to the club telling him, probably telling him. But as long as he turns up or is willing to turn up, I don't think there's a lot the club can do. The club, I would imagine, I don't know, but I imagine the club are, are trying to thrash a deal out with him, his lawyers, his representatives and everyone. And there probably is some little small legal thing. Which, it's, you a know, wa- it's a waste of a good player. It's a shame because he's a hell of a player. Within that, within that nut job, is a hell of a player. You know, his head's just not right, and, and maybe he needs help. I shouldn't say nut job. I take that back. You maybe shouldn't he, say nut job. No, you're, 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 I'll you're, say, I'll say d- that. D- no, we You'll worry about it after, but we know you didn't mean it. Carry I did, on. I, I didn't mean Carry it. Carry on. A mental health way. I mean, is is not to control his feet, yes. but his feet should be controlling the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. We know what you meant. We yeah. know. Nutty feet. Um, and, 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 it, 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 and this is when he's not been drinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah Finney's not drinking, by the way. Corker so, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, so anyway, is troubled. There is no doubt about and he that. Needs but help. He's now, and he needs help. But he's no good to us as a player. If so we need to find remedies to that. A week to pay for that help. <laughs> All right. Well, we won't well, no, talk to, about I mean, to be that fair, now. No, you've, you've got to. I mean, to be fair to him and anyone else who's got a problem, and I take back what I said. You've you've got to seek the help and know there's a problem and seek to get well. And maybe he just doesn't realise how ill he really is. Well, I'm sure the club are trying to help him, but um, there's only so far you can help someone without them helping themselves. So, look, well, look, there's two issues, and we won't talk about the help that Corker needs because that's a different discussion for another time. The fact of the matter is, though, he is a football player for us, and he's no good as a football player. So we need to find remedies to that, which is basically going to end up with him leaving the club. So. He, he's out. Even if he stays, he's out, isn't he? He'll take a massive pay. He'll, he'll pay him Who was that else was on the list? Well, Jet, who's clearly out of yeah. favour. Um, Goodbye. Petrasso. No, year, year 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 year. You have to find a Someone player. will take him, yeah. though. Will they? They might. Someone will take him. And it will been, be at a cost kicked, to the club. He's just been but, kicked out by Gillingham, who nearly got relegated out of League One because he can't behave himself. Same reason he got kicked out of Ipswich. Hashtag Swazzy. Same reason he got kicked out of Cardiff. Same reason we got rid of him. Can't we... Put them all in the Big Brother house. Give Channel Five to give us a shed load of money to cover their wages. Why don't we for the get season? them a club night to promote? We've already played uh, played our turkey card, getting rid of Sandro, which was absolutely amazing. Yeah. I cannot believe anybody. Took Has that anyone game. followed how he's doing? Uh, he doesn't play often. Really? Shocker! Surprise. <laughs> Not injured, is he? But that's, that, and that's going to hamper the wage bill and any for next season as well. Yeah, well, well the, them not kicking around. But so Petrasso, um, Hammerlinen doesn't seem to have figured much. I'd keep him. He's a good little player. Oh, I, I, I can only really remember that game, that cup game against Sunderland, where he, he looked decent. Chance. But yeah, uh, who, who can tell? Same as Dowd. I think Dowd is a great player if he was given the chance to run a game. So, you know, he's he certainly one I would have played ahead of Goss. But that's just me. Carl Henry, I think we can assume. Is, is he out of contract? I think yet? he's treating... He is he's, out of yeah, Doughty should have been playing when we were picking Carl Henry. But I think Doughty's ship has sailed now. Yeah. I don't think mm. he's got the pace or engine to get mm. around the pitch. So I think what he needs to do now, instead of kicking around in our reserves, mm. is get into League One and play regularly. Because I think he's a very good player at that level. We did that at Swindon. In the, 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 he looked very good. Yeah. Um, he'll never have a better chance to make a breakthrough at QPR than with Holloway because Holloway really liked him. and the good thing about Dad at least you know he's not doing it for the money Luar Luar I like him I like him and gives us width yeah. and something else uh, these are only possibles I'm injured for the out. last three years at Brighton and injured since he got to us I wouldn't goodbye I wouldn't take a risk that's Matthew Rose down the wing that is Matthew Rose down on, on the wing yeah he'll never he'll play he'll play less than a 17-year-old Yeni. Chris? Yeni. I mean, I'm not going to attempt to What's the situation with Yeni, Bakoto mm. yeah, or Bakoto? You probably would get a taker for him back in France. He's got a good reputation. I, I still like him. I yeah, think I, he, know, he I don't mind us, I don't think we've seen enough of him. No, he, that's, he, gives yeah. us, he gives us the width we, we so desperately need. Corker we've uh, touched on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Perch. 
Uh, I, I mean, I would get rid of him to be honest. He's fell off it for me. I would, but as like as in there needs to be a yeah, replacement we need to get or two. In, yeah, yes. that, that's the but whole point. Pay, the only thing I would say about him is one wage covers three players. He can cover left back, central midfield, and right back. He can cover left back, central midfield, and right back. It's one right. wage for basically one sort of three cover players. So he could get Ooh. sent off in three different positions. I would I, listen. I would get rid of him. I, I was done with him when he went in on that lad at Brentford last week. As it, you know, Gregor like, Cox. Ship sealed. Bad, bad, bad Silla. injury. There's an interesting. Do you see that thing with Silla today? Uh, Holloway it was on the West London Sport website. Uh, Holloway said Silla said he wasn't fit. I had to say, come on, you're only eighty percent, but come on, get on the bench. It's a realization that we have to do something. This group is too fragile because of the changes made. There's no stability. I wish he stopped wearing gloves. Well, Jurgen Klopp complained about like modern footballers. Was it Jurgen Klopp who said they need to just play through pain and yeah. not be so not be such a big bunch of wimps basically and that sounds very similar to that quote Did, he's you know, thrown Silla under the bus several times this season yeah um, Silla's our top scorer yeah, yeah. I think he's not everyone's cup of tea he's quite a limited player he's got 10 goals in a poor side what he does, he does well strike weight of one in three pretty much I don't see it as helpful when the manager starts throwing players under the oh, bus Redknapp, Redknapp did this with Tarat he did it with Basingua and I know we all hate Basingua but he was still an asset that the club owned that could have sold you know coming out and telling everybody how much he was on and how badly behaved he was you're still basically reducing the value of an asset yeah. and Holloway's done that three times with Silla now you know if he, if he hates him that much then just get rid of him but you've reduced the value of him by coming out and slagging him off anyone been tracking Basingo's career? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he has been put under anyone no. been tracking Redknapp's career? Yeah, he's, 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 yeah, he's Sandra's birthday. Yeah. It was Sandra's birthday on Sunday, by the way. He hasn't managed to run her over lately, so that's a plus. <laughs> oh, that's a bit. Oh, that that makes me feel better about my comment. Um, it's really weird. I was listening to. I don't know why, but this is this is totally off the. Well, it's, it's not. It's a podcast. It All can't right. be off the it's record. It's not off the record. <laughs> I was going to say that's real. how this works. You've been doing this for six seasons now. The you speak that thing in front of you with the little foam on. You speak into it. Harry presses record, and then it goes out tomorrow. <laughs> I was going to say it was a bit, it was a bit random okay. sort of thing. Yeah. But anyway, Troy Dealey was on Radio Five the other day talking about Anthony Joshua's best mate. We're best, we're best mates. Well, yeah. I mean, to be fair, yeah. they, they all seem to be his best friend, including Jimmy and Jenna, who was on it as well. I'm surprised you haven't dropped in that he trains opposite your flower shop. Oh, no, Anthony Joshua. He's, he's huge. Finchley ABC Boxing Gym is opposite Funky yeah, I know. Flowers. I know. For I've anyone also, that doesn't know. I've also seen Joe Kamazaki or whatever he's called to get <laughs> some chips. Anyway, uh, <laughs> whatever he was called, you, you're Welsh one. I'm not very good with names. Anyway. Called, can we yeah. talk about that fight, even though this is a shoot. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> no, anyway, your man Troy Dealey was talking about young players and he was saying, hey... It's ridiculous because they've got too much money, and you get this, because the big clubs are so desperate to get all these talent. They're, they're playing serious money. They're wrapped up in cotton wool. He goes, "There's nothing wrong being on thirty-five quid a week for a couple of years, and even in the first team and cleaning boots still. It keeps you grounded." And he reckons that's where football's gone massively wrong. Sean Goss. Yeah, Ooh. but I, I, I listen to that, but then I think Wayne Rooney was on. I don't know. Pick a figure over a million pounds a year from the age of 16 and his head wasn't turned he was motivated he had his head screwed on he worked hard so alright but you know what I mean like Wayne Rooney lobbed the ball over Seaman in the Premier League or whatever it was Ooh, <laughs> All the jokes no that goal that Everton goal was at 16 years old he was earning a fortune at 16 years old and he had his head screwed on worked hard developed made the best of himself Wait, arguably this, this is the same fella hang on his, his head's yeah, but what I'm on. saying was he didn't have a problem with motivation. He didn't get his head turned by the money. regular football. The problem comes when you've got players that just go to the age of 22, 23 in academy setups, earning loads of money while never having to play any football. Because then they don't have to have their head screwed on, remain motivated. Because there's no game for them at the end of the week, just another academy game. Chelsea are lethal for that. They just stockpile players. They're never going to play in the first team, and they know it. So they just coin it in and live the life of the professional footballer while they've got the chance. They're never going to play any for actual football. I mean, Rooney would... was playing actual football mm. at 17. I mean, to be fair as well, I mean, I've been down, I'm not going to mention clubs, but I've seen training club grounds, and the kids are arriving in massive big Range Rovers and everything else. You know, where's the dream? Where's, you know, where's the ambition? When you've got nothing, I mean, Troy D was saying, when you've got nothing, everyone should arrive 
on a coach. No one knows the you know like school everyone wears the same mm. uniform. No one knows because he goes there's always these kids coming there who are massive wealth anyway. So where's the hunger? You know, not saying that every kid should be from a council estate and poor, like the likes of me or whatever. But there's got to be a level. I was poor. I still drive. A you Uber. didn't have that comfortability. I was also squinty <laughs> and shouting at football. Well, it's, it's about hunger because at the end of the day, you could be a 17 year old or 18 year old and with that and a three million quid in the bank. Clev, fig off. That's um, ridiculous. But it's, it's, yeah. it's what it is. And also, it, it's the worst thing is as well the way Premiership clubs go around the likes of Championship clubs and still all the best players for nothing. And we were very, very, very lucky to get the money we got from Liverpool that time. And that was only because the likes of Steve Kelly threw, yeah, yeah. threw, threw it in at the last uh, minute. But. Okay, um, we have, we're not at the R's end yet and we're already over we're time. We're going to talk about the pitch vision. Clive, I wanted to ask you about that. You said you were wound up on, and no, raring to go oh, no, about the pitch no. invasion. I've done one already. So every year since I can ever remember, we've always invaded the pitch. The Do you last not game think it makes season. us look like mugs running on the pitch at the end of the game when we finish 15th in the championship? It was even worse we got relegated. Am I the only one? No, I think it's stupid. I thought we see what we got relegated and they all came on the pitch. But it's I a get, tradition. Look, it isn't. Let's celebrate it, going down. Way! It absolutely isn't for a start. And neither is it. It's for the kids. It's the kids having a fun time. It's not. Grown men charging onto the pitch to grab hold of Jamie Mackey. I was looking at Jamie Mackey. Like three or four like grown men ran up to him and not sort of from the distance that we are now. That doesn't work for radio, but anyway. We're close. Like, We're like, close here. Absolutely. Yeah. Like grabbing hold of him, grabbing his shirt, ruffling his hair. I like mediocre championship footballer meet, you know, four grown men. I just, I, th- I think that's weird for a start. I think going in front of the Nottingham Forest fans in the upper tier to give it the big come on and taunt them. Well, if you're that brave, wait for them outside. You know, if you're actually, if you want to do... I said they should in the podcast. No, abs- no absolutely. <laughs> if you want to do that, wait outside. They'll give you a hiding, which you deserve. But oh, Jesus. Which, you know, oh, I, I'm, at a, oh, I'm at a safe distance. I'll stand in front of the away end, in front of a team that's still in trouble. That could have been us. Yeah. And give it the big come on. And those of us that were there in 1996, when we'd already been relegated, remember the Forest fans actually mm. gave us a round of applause on the way. Yeah, out. they did actually. Yeah. They were, they were right. great that day. So, you know, the grabbing mediocre footballers, the taunting away fans, the running on the pitch when you're 15th elite. I don't get any of this. And I think, you know, there is always the possibility that someone could get hurt when you've got kids and adults storming over a concrete wall, you know, charging up to players. We'll probably end up breaking one of our good players' legs. That's the kind of thing that we do. But, you know, the fundamental uh, point is that Lee Hughes has worked very hard on a number of things this season, which involve the support of the council. He wants the licensing laws relaxed so that we we don't have to stop serving alcohol at 10 to 3. He wants the licensing laws relaxed so that we can serve during the second half. At the moment, you have to stop as soon as the second half starts. He wanted that fence taken down in Q-Block so that Q-Block gets a better view. And the council are opposed to all of this because he says you cannot control... The council said you can't control your fans. Your fans don't behave themselves. Whatever you ask your fans to do, they won't do it. And every year they ask us not to go on the pitch and every year we do it. So some snooty councillor, licensing agent, is just going to look at that and say... Point proven, licensing restrictions remain. Who's is working hard to improve our match day experience and we toss it back in his face like that? I but, think it's pathetic. But the worrying thing, to be fair, is the what happened to the forest keeper and the way the fans ran up and, and were taunting the forest keeper. That's a worry because it only takes one lunatic to overreach and catch it, the keeper. It also only takes, it only takes one game at the end of the season where the referees had a bad game and someone runs on and chins the referee. I mean, we've all wanted to do that. <laughs> I remember that nearly happened with Singh a few years ago. It back. nearly happened with Andy Hall after that crew game. We've all wanted oh, to go God, on. Yeah. But it only needs one drunken idiot to go on and do it. And suddenly we're looking at behind closed doors games, fines and all the rest of it. You know, just mm. what is, I just don't get the obsession. Let's run on the pitch and grab the mediocre championship football. I, I think if, understand. I think if we've, if we've, we've won the league, I mean, I think it's a natural reaction if, if somebody does it to, to oh, run I on. Match. I mean, I, I don't think you, you know, I mean, sometimes <laughs> it's spontaneous and you, uh, I was on the pitch. I wasn't on my own. I hasten to add my daughter, having seen everyone else wanted to go on, wanted to go on. So you know, I, I wasn't just going to, was it you? You're part of the problem, yeah. Chris. <laughs> well, well, you were there. Partner. You were there. I mean, what is? I mean, I used to be there years ago, but I never went in the pitch. The only time I went in the pitch was the um, to stop the merger. But I mean, when you, you were there, sort of thing. And oh yeah, the Palace game. I went in the pitch after that. But that also had a girl top. The you haven't been on the pitch in this millennium, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. 
She had blue and white hoops across her chest. Really? I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, I remember the that. Anyway, um, not that I noticed. Um, anyway, so you, you're kind of thinking, who, who was who was doing it? I mean, was it? Well, I mean, I, the thing was, we were thousands had poured on before. You know, she she was like going, oh, shall I, shall I? I was going, oh, Christ. Were they all running past you like without their kids? No, I mean, but the thing was, you could see them at the front, and I, I thought it was completely classless. I completely agree with that. I mean, the Forest fans, I mean, they, they joined in with the applause for Stan Bowles on two minutes. Yeah, they were singing old Bobby Zamora in an ironic way, having a bit of fun, even though they were two <laughs> nil down. I think they behave, they behave like decent away fans. So to go and throw it back in their face, and the unfortunate thing is that Nottingham Forest fans will now think all QPR fans are tossers. Well, um, no, they might think some are, but not all. I um, mean, but 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 no, I mean, okay, you're wandering onto the pitch, but, but you know, you can't you can't stop that. And I I know in an ideal world it wouldn't happen, but unfortunately, Do, does when, anyone think that announcement? I, I mean, it's not his fault, Paul Morrissey, but Paul Morrissey's announcement, consistent announcements, not to run on the pitch, actually is. Quite a good bit of publicity for running on the pitch. Yeah, of course itself. it is, because all the fans are shouting on that, that, that immediately. And, 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 and many and people think, oh, Nancy, that's a good idea. I said to Nancy next door to me, five, four, three, two, one, they'll be singing on the pitch, on the pitch, on the pitch. Sure enough, they're singing on the pitch. Well, so it's almost like it's almost like a dare to come and do it. But he's probably obliged to say that. He has it to comes back to my point about who's. I think we're obliged to repeatedly ask fans mm. not to do it. Well, maybe we should get maybe we should get the real Morrissey to, to do it, and, then yeah. to, and hopefully, um, yeah, do, yeah, do it that way and depress yeah. everyone before they get on the pitch. Our end. We've run to fifty minutes already. I mean, it is our last studio one. If do what we want, we're QPR. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And before the at the end of this podcast, don't run on the table. Yeah. Uh, anything, everything we've missed out, haven't talked about that you would like to bring up? Who would like to start? I, Clive and, and Chris are talking about which one they're pointing at a pad I'm not going to take one because there's five of us okay, and well, I'll go Chris. I've got a couple but they're, they're quite quick first of all on the point um, of Penrise coming in when he was appointed recruitment consultant in 2007 he said recruitment is about bringing players in that fit the way you want to play so mm. I'm hoping he sticks to that because that comes back to my earlier point of trying to find a philosophy of a way to play so I'm taking that as a positive and I hope Penrise is good for that. Uh, the other one is it's the anniversary of Jamie Pollock's own goal for Man City against us in 1998. What a day! That uh, wasn't went... against us, mate. It was for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, so, if anyone doesn't know, the two-two draw, which ultimately meant we stayed bigger up, than Jesus, and they went down to the third tier. If uh, you're young and you don't know what we're talking about, Google Jamie uh, YouTube as the verb maybe. YouTube Jamie Pollock goal QPR and you will see what we are talking and then, about. And, and, and he was also thought it bigger than Jesus. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Uh, Carry on. So, yeah, yeah he, Chris, tell us yeah. tell us one more fact well, about Jamie Pollock. At that time, coincidentally, there was a, there was a poll running to uh, vote for the most influential human being uh-huh. of the last 2,000 years. I'm back to the answer Can to I guess who it was? <laughs> was, it, was it Jesus? QPR fans hijacked. Jamie Pollock was first. Jesus was second. And third... <laughs> Third uh, was Karl Marx. Karl Marx. Yeah. But do you know the Karl interesting Marx. thing about that? And I'm sorry, Chris, I that's didn't mean to do that. Cool. It's, it's, no a, change. It's, it's a podcast. It's a bit gorilla, I'm told. Anyway, the, um, if it hadn't rained, we would have had our shake kicked in. That we, were, we, were, we were on a shoe-in for a kick in that day because they were not happy, as they wouldn't be. That was and at Main Road. It was at the old Main Road. We went to Kenneth's end corner. And as we came out, I remember looking to my mate going, oh, this is going to end very badly with my head. Um, and then it just the Lord so I get the bigger than Jesus thing because the Lord opened up the heavens and off we went I do have an R's end very quickly I did something that was through work I, work I, 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 did a, I did a work thing the other day and Sky Sports came down and Aidan McGee came, Aidan McGee came down was it for Pies again and Aidan McGee is a Sky Sports reporter who is a QPR fan and we got we got talking and blah blah and I said oh I do the podcast he said yeah I've done that podcast before. Can't remember the fella's name, but he looks like Martin O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> That's really harsh, Clay. <laughs> Why would he say that, Clay? <laughs> yes, well, he he's really famous for having. If by the way, anyone look up Ed McGee on YouTube for the big, the, the best ever bloomer on Sky Sports. That's all I'm saying. Blooper, bloomers are loaf, <laughs> isn't it? Bloomer's bread. Bloomer's what I said, but I said Bloomer by mistake. Okay, Clive. Good job you didn't wear your Norwich shirt tonight, tonight by the way, because Michael O'Neill is in talks with them, apparently. No, that's not Martin O'Neill, you idiot. No. No. Michael, uh, Michael O'Neill, the Northern Ireland man. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm devastated. 
Oh, if I want them to go anywhere, I want them to come to us. Don't the friggin' stupid bloody trap. Well, now's idiots. the time. Yeah. I would, to be honest with you, I, I hate Norwich. I mean, I've always hated Norwich. Even even with the state of the league, it's that old bloody away they had. Did you ever go there for that? Good to know. <laughs> Clive. <laughs> <laughs> and they were never friendly and they never had any decent pubs and they always were really... I know, I've got this to is I've got Singing to... Like a Canary, the Norwich podcast. I can't, I've got to object to no decent pubs in Norwich. There were 356 pubs in Norwich. There must be one that's all right. You try that bin, cheers, Bella, of Aegis behind you. <laughs> They've got the biggest weather spoons in the country as well, apparently. Is that right? Yeah. Clive, can I push you for your R's end, please? <laughs> 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 uh, Lee Cook retired announced his retirement today if we're going to dedicate if we're going to dedicate two or three minutes to uh, Joey St. Joseph Barton then uh, Lee Cook great QPR player great fella um, yeah so re- announced his retirement today so worthy of worthy of mention I think takings at the crown will go up I suspect now <laughs> um, and also um, great to see Dave Thomas get supporter of the year 30th year of a kick up the R's See him on the pitch at well half-time. That's long overdue and well-deserved. He's had to put up with uh, a lot of stuff over the years from various people, and I thought it was well-deserved, long overdue, and, and great to see. Can you quickly tell your Sheffield story for anyone who hasn't heard it yet? My Sheffield's... Um, okay, briefly. Colchester away, few... Well, few, back in my student days, I went to Colchester away on a Tuesday night from Sheffield with no means nor money of getting back. Uh, we lost 4-2. Ledgerwood played centre-half. It wasn't a conspicuous success. Um, and my uh, idea was uh, that I would just get the train back to London uh, with all the other QPR fans and wander around London for a bit until like 6, 7 o'clock the following morning and then just get the train back to Sheffield the following morning. So I didn't have money for a hotel. Uh, so I was just going to wander around. Uh, and uh, Dave Thomas overheard... who didn't, We didn't know each other at that stage. Uh, overheard me telling somebody this story this plan on the terrace at half time and insisted on driving me back to Sheffield from Colchester um, when he was going up to Crewe or Bolton or wherever he lives. So it was a significant detour. Uh, and he drove me to my front door in Sheffield, dropped me off at about two in the morning and then went over the snake pass at three in the morning, got in at four five, God knows what, probably put about three or four hours on his trip. Uh, but yeah, he, he didn't even know who I was. Um, and, you know, we'd never met before. Took me straight home, took me to my door. He's, he's a legendary, legendary fella that's, like I say, had to put up with a lot of uh, stuff this season and in previous seasons for various reasons. And I, I thought it was really well deserved. And some of them pretty despicable as well. And he's a great yeah. fella. Yeah. Okay. Paul, Frick, and myself are taking a pass on the Arzento. Finney, it's over to you. Right. My Arzen is quite simple and it's one dimensional. And that is. Good band. You what? <laughs> Good plan. <laughs> Are you taking the piss out of my speech and <laughs> accent and my dyslexia? Yes. Oh, anyone playing bingo, please give me a fiver. Yes. No, yes. I would like to thank everyone who's listened to this podcast, who's brought us beers this season, who have supported this podcast in every possible way. We're just four absolute clueless numpties who sit here week in, week out, and try and debate Speak the madness. yourself. I am. Yeah. The madness that is our, our Queen's Park Rangers and everything about our Queen's Park Rangers that we love. Sometimes the thing that drives us mad. Sometimes we may talk absolute shite, which is what I normally do, but at least we care, we're passionate, and we'll always be here as long as you keep supporting us. And thank you very, very, very much. We owe you all big time. Because without you, we would just be in the pub talking shade. Very good. Couldn't and another thing. Oh. 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 I would like, seriously, Paul, thanks for coming into the podcast tonight. It's people like you as well who have forgotten. This the is Paul who, Brown, who likes yeah, to watch, who remember people. <laughs> that was a little bit uncomfortable, I have to say. Um, the people like in America, all over the world, especially my hometown of Belfast. That's bingo, right? I'm helping some, someone's playing bingo tonight, and I'm helping them. But um, it's it's brilliant as well that the, you know you see the American R's and everything else and. You know, we all want this. Is there is this isn't about W twelve. This is worldwide. This is global. And these days, what a great way to go down people's ears and tell them because you guys must miss, miss out on a lot of QPR now in the Premiership. Yeah, you so um, we did actually. We looked at our our, our basically our, our stats. Down their ears and tell them what's going on, Chris. Because without <laughs> us, sometimes they wouldn't know. This we did. Um, we looked at our stats this week, uh, uh, where we have the most listens from. Obviously, it's in the UK, but outside of the UK, can you remember where it's from? I'm, t- I'm talking to you like you don't know because we haven't had this conversation. San Francisco, 
San Francisco is the most popular place to listen to the QPR podcast outside of the United Kingdom. More popular than Dublin um, and apparently more listens than Hayes or Hounslow. So there you go. Ours is San Francisco. There's a song. There you go. Right. Should we bother? Are you going to San Francisco? Oh, Jesus. You just don't done me. Should we bother <laughs> doing predictions show. for Nor- Norwich? Just go there I mean, enjoy yourself can be bothered. and re- re- relax. In the fact <laughs> we're not going down. This is QPR. We'll probably win 3-0. Go on. Let's do predictions. 4-4. <laughs> Finney. I think you'll completely change the team. That's my prediction And whatever happens after that Who cares because we're safe That's all that matters And then next season We rejoin Nest at a later stage And moan like Frigg again Paul Frick 2-2 two, two. Chris uh, I already said 3-0 three, uh, three hey, uh, 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 I, I just don't care No I don't really. uh, Right Thank you very much As Paul says For listening to us um, All season We have one last podcast left it's the live podcast it's down at the good ship in kilburn please join us tickets are going fast it's looking like it's going to be our our best seller ever so if you do want to come get on the website and buy a ticket go to qprpod.co.uk tickets are a tenner you get to meet you get to meet uh trevor sinclair you get to meet mark bircham and kevin gallon and Paul is mouthing something to me, but I can't mouth read, so you're just going to have to say it. Also, a big thank you to Paul McCook, without whom this would not be possible. We Indeed. Your big time, big so man. Paul McCook is the landlord at the Good Ship in Kilburn, a fine establishment, always supported us on the live podcast, and we are very, very grateful for his support. So come down and buy Paul a beer as well. I'm on the wagon, big man. I actually meant Paul McCook. <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> thank you for listening. It's been Open All Hearts. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, please join us at the end of season event, the live podcast on Tuesday 9th of May at The Good Ship in Kilburn. Guests include Trevor Sinclair, Mark Bircham, Kevin Gallon, and you can get tickets on our website, www.qprpod.co.uk.